Welcome to the I Love Seville Show, guys. I'm Jerry Miller. It's a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you kindly for joining us live in our building, the Macklin Building on Market Street in downtown Charlottesville. And I don't want anyone to misconstrue anything that we have to say on this program. So I'm going to start with this statement, and I'm going to say it with passion, and I'm going to say it with purpose. I love downtown Charlottesville. I love Charlottesville, Virginia. I love Central Virginia. I love Albemarle County. I love the community of Keswick that I live in. I've named one of my three business. Hell, I have three businesses. You have VMV Brands. They're literally behind me. They see it right here, right, Judah? VMV Brands, a business, a B two B business. That's an advertising agency. Literally, we manage the brands of businesses around Charlottesville and Central Virginia. You have I Love Seville, a content creation and a content machine. A machine that is literally breaking news at clips faster and a greater frequency than legacy media. That's why you watch the program. You have I Love Seville Real Estate that holds, that, that's the LLC that is holding our real estate positions. Two of the three businesses that we manage are named after the community we love. So when we talk about issues that we see in this community, please understand that we're talking and analyzing, discussing these issues from a lens or a microscope of improvement as opposed to a lens or microscope of throwing shade. A lot I want to cover on this program. Russ Haley, welcome to the show. Bill McChesney, welcome to the show. Everything good with the feed there, J-Dubs? Yep. Fantastic. Look at the screen and look at the headlines. Judah's got them up there right now. Judah, my friend, I'm going to weave you into the mix, and we're going to weave you in for an extended period of time today. Cover the cause and effect. The cause and effect of COVID on state. The cause and effect. I want to talk what Nashville tends solving a panhandling and homelessness standpoint. I want to discuss how Dairy Market seems to be beating the downtown mall from a clientele attraction standpoint. Put city council in the spotlight because taxpayers, you and I, are city council supervisors. It is our job to hold them accountable. And I want to discuss Bill, say his last name for me, Judah, say it loud, say it proud. Munkachi. Bill Munkachi on tomorrow's program. He's launching a tutoring business, and we'll talk education on today's show. Let's go to a two-shot. We'll weave Judah Woodcower in the mix. Let's put on screen the lower third for the first headline, if you could. Judah. Scott Aaronworth is watching in Virginia Beach. You do get a shout-out, Scott Aaronworth. I literally have folks from five different states watching the show. As we speak right now. Two-shot J-dubs. Lower third, cause and effect of COVID on the Charlottesville area. I don't think this is discussed enough. I think once we got out of um, masking and vaxxing and bunkering down 
And once we loosen the restriction of, restrictions of dining inside, that folks forgot about this, Judah. Let's, let's talk here. Eyeball to eyeball, please. I still think that this pandemic is present and prevalent. And one of the ways we're seeing this pandemic being present and prevalent is chronic homelessness, aggressive panhandling, the absolute 180 of certain business models like restaurants and retail and hospitality. We have seen folks hesitant to shop in certain areas, be mindful of certain areas they're shopping within. We have seen government late to the party. We've seen persistent inflation. We've seen interest rates during the pandemic of two and 3% impact housing supply, the for sale housing inventory to orders of magnitude that we will not appreciate until maybe a decade from now. Housing supply is at a decade plus year low and there's no indication that housing supply is gonna improve. Mm -hmm. The Fed's gonna raise rates yet again. The 30-year fix is gonna go up yet again. And one of our most important sectors of business, real estate, and the supply chain associated with it, is lacking things to sell. And as it lacks things to sell, people find new careers to pursue and local economies suffer. We're talking home inspectors. People are doing deals in such a competitive market that they're waiving home inspections altogether. Home inspectors have never faced more headwinds than they have right now. People are doing deals without appraisers. Appraisers doing work. If you don't have something to sell, folks can't make money. So I want to do this. Viewers and listeners watching this fine and fair talk show. Russ, Bill, Lynchburg, Short Pump, Crozet, Northern Virginia, D.C. There goes Dean Maupin, the owner of CNO Restaurant. Small business owners, all of you. This is the topic I want to talk about. How are we seeing COVID still be persistent in this market, Charlottesville, Central Virginia? Judah, I've set you up for a potential grand slam here. The show is yours on this topic. Well, I think the biggest problem <clears throat> is that we lost a lot of our workforce. Whether it was uh, whether it was people dying from uh, from COVID, or people uh, people leaving their jobs and uh, and the job market completely. I think a lot of people uh, decided to decided to retire early. Then you've got people that were told they couldn't come into work and obviously had to still eat and pay rent and do all the other things that we do. And so they found jobs. And it wasn't in the, uh, it wasn't in the industries that they were in before. And chances are they're not thinking of going back. They probably found better jobs. They like more than the jobs that they were in. So now we've got these, uh, now we've got the, this void uh, that's, uh, just hasn't been filled yet. I think a lot of truth to that. Give the show a like and a share anywhere you're watching. John, we appreciate you in Stanton. Grayson in North Downtown, thank you kindly for watching the program. 
I'm going to highlight some thoughts here in a matter of moments. Judah, check out that direct message I just sent you. Bob Yarborough, hello. Robinson Hubbard, hello. Ray Cadell, hello. Dr. John, the owner of Pro Renata, hello. Laura Foner, Spencer Pushard, Vanessa Parkhill, Bill McChesney, Michael Pruitt, Juan Sarmiento, Heather Walker, Jamie Turner, Kevin Yancey, Georgia Gilmer, Chad Wood, Neil Williamson, Gina Downey, Albert Graves, Woody Fincham, Jehu Martin, Scott Thorpe, Liza Borchus, Johnny Ornalis, Aaron King, G. Milo, MJ Arquette, it was great to see you today. I very much enjoy chatting business with you, MJ Arquette. I'm going to be straightforward here. Judah, we haven't seen the true collateral damage of COVID and, pand- and this pandemic in Charlottesville and in Central Virginia yet. You're saying we haven't seen the end? You haven't seen... I think we've seen plenty of... We haven't seen the true pain. Okay. What do we have left to, uh, to wait for? All right, let's do it sector to sector, okay? We'll go sector to sector. And you saw my DM I sent you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sector number one, let's talk real estate. I shared this on the I Love Seville network before the program started. I'm going to read it again live on air. This is on I Love Seville Instagram. Follow our Instagram account. Join over 13,000 people on our Instagram account. Only a tenth. One-tenth of mortgages have an interest rate above 6%. That's a big problem for the U.S. housing market. The bottom line is that homeowners across America do not have an incentive to move. This is from Market Watch, one of the leaders in covering finance, the economy, and real estate in the nation. During the pandemic, especially the early stages, I'm talking the first half of 2020, And I know this firsthand because my wife and I bought our home in Keswick in March of 2020. When we purchased our home in March of 2020, we essentially had to tour the house we purchased in a hazmat suit. Open houses in the first half of 2020 were speculated that they would be eradicated and evaporated forever. There were realtors on this network that legitimately said there will never be open houses again because of fear of this pandemic. Yeah. Because there was such concern and such trepidation, the interest rates dropped to, I don't even, I was initially going to call this generational lows, but I don't even think that's applicable. I want to call it to, I want to describe it as, Lows America has never seen before. People were getting 30-year fixed mortgages with good credit at 2.2, 2.3, They were getting refinanced mortgages in the 2, 2.1, 2.2 range. And the large chunk of homeowners right now have a financing vehicle that's below the 4% threshold. Yeah. COVID did that. We took rates to such low levels, the Fed, Jay Powell, his cronies, and they did it because they were so fearful that during the pandemic, the economy was going to come to a screeching halt. 
And because we took rates to such low levels, many of us locked those rates in for what is probably the lifespan of our existence in our respective homes. And rates weren't exactly high before the pandemic no, either. They weren't high at all. You could have gotten a 30 fix in the upper fours, low fives with good credit. But or you know what's better than upper fours or the low fives? Anything below that. Uh, the mid twos. Yeah. You're saving two points on a 30-year financing vehicle that's massive. Yeah. So I'm going to go sector to sector in Charlottesville and Central Virginia. Now you have one of the largest drivers of GDP, one of the largest drivers of our economy in Central Virginia, real estate, and the supply chain associated with real estate, realtors, 1,200-some members in CAR, the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors, appraisers, home inspectors, closing attorneys, title, financing, photography, videography, staging. Hell, put the remodelers in there as well. Although the remodelers, I think they have tailwinds behind their businesses because people are staying in their homes longer than ever. But this entire category is handcuffed. Like literally stuck in quicksand. Yeah, especially with the rise in house prices. Housing prices are going up. Why are housing prices going up, J-Dubs? Because everybody wants to get into a house. Because we don't have any supply to sell. So supply is throttled, but demand for Charlottesville and Central Virginia is still high because of the University of Virginia, because of breweries, because of wineries, because of cideries, because of the music scene, the restaurant scene, because of data science, because of biotech, because of family offices and private equity and hedge funds. This area is coveted. People want to move here. People are moving here. UVA's biotech school, two to 3,000 additional people with six-figure jobs will be coming in the next 18 to 24 months. UVA says that on the record. Yep. The entire category of real estate is in quicksand. It's doing a full sprint, a 5K, and they're trying to PR in the 5K, trying to get 16-minute, 17-minute in the 5K, but legitimately running on the beach or in wet sand. That's what's happening. Go to a different sector. Let's talk hospitality and food and beverage. What are the big brands that are well capitalized doing? What are they doing in food and beverage and hospitality? The big brands that have money and have financial resources. What are they doing right now? Expanding. They're automating. They're solving the labor crunch through kiosks and automation. I want everyone to go to the McDonald's and the base of Pantops. There's three employees running that McDonald's. 2.5 of those employees, two and a half, are working in the back of the house. And the other half of a person, production-wise, is expoing food from the back of the house, from the kitchen, to customers. They literally aren't even working the registers right now. And by ghosting the registers right now at the McDonald's at the base of Pantops, 
They are training patrons to use the kiosks that are in the dining room. They are legitimately pushing you to order food on their mobile app. My son loves a sausage biscuit. He's five years old. I like to keep him happy. So we get the sausage biscuit a couple times a month, and we order it through the mobile app. It's ready to pick up as soon as we get there. We purchase and order through my phone. Who is not able to automate like that, Judah? Mom and pops. Mom and pops. Locally owned businesses. How has COVID impacted labor at entry level jobs, J Dubs? Your thoughts on that topic? Well, like I said before, uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people were told to stay home and they still have to buy food, they still have to pay rent, they still have to uh, pay for gas and car repairs and all the other things that crop up and so what do you do you go out and get a job that uh, you can go work at and uh, and then you don't come back COVID has absolutely crushed the entry level job market those that are expected to work on the front lines in some capacity are either refusing to do it or they are completely reinvented themselves into a different line of work. You got businesses in this town that are offering $15, $17 an hour to 16, 17, and 18-year-olds, and they can't get 16 and 17 and 18-year-olds to work for $15 to $17 an hour. Do you know how much $15 an hour is extrapolated over 40 hours a week, over 52 weeks a year? I could do the math. 30 grand. $10 an hour is 20K. So $15 an hour is 30K. If you're making $20 an hour, how much are you making? 40K. 40,000 a year. At one time, if you were doing a babysitting job, waiting tables, bartending, hosting, or being a front of the house manager, or working on the retail of a storefront, and you were making you are punching tickets at a movie theater, you are sweeping the floors at a movie theater, a dishwasher at a restaurant, and you were making 40 G's an hour, 20 bucks an hour, there would be a a line around the door for those jobs. Now, folks can't get people to fill those spots. It's because the money doesn't go as far. That's not why. It's a big part of it, I would would bet you. The 16, 17, or 18-year-old doesn't want to work for $20 an hour. They're romanticized and seduced by screen time and being influencers online, TikTok stars, YouTube stars, and Instagram stars. What happens when we take an impressionable demographic of people, teenagers, and we ask them to, what do we ask them to do? Stay at home? What do we call it? Uh, what do we, During COVID, what do we call it when we ask them to stay at home? What did the government ask us to do when we stayed at home? Told us not to go out. Uh, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, I can't think of the term. Look it up. That way you got it. That way you won't forget it. I probably will. If you ask 
15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 year olds, college students, the people that worked frontline jobs previously to bunker down for a two year period of time and sit in front of screens for their school. You got it? Lockdown? Lockdown. Okay. If you lock them down at home for 18 to 24 months while their brains are still developing at their most impressionable times of their lives. No. Got people trying to come into the uh, studio here, fans of the program. Autographs after the show. If you ask them to lock down during their most impressionable times of their lives and you brainwash them or hypnotize them with added or increased screen time, are we now surprised that those same people do not want to work 15 to $20 an hour jobs and instead want to spend more time on phones and screens and look to monetize phones and screens as influencers? You mentioned that $20 an hour doesn't go as far anymore. The people that are taking these jobs or historically would have taken these jobs don't need places to stay. They're living with their parents. They're living with their moms and dads and have their rent covered by their mommies and daddies. Oftentimes have allowances. Historically, the positions that are vacant today historically were filled by college students and upper age high schoolers living at home. As a result, they could work for $15 or $20 an hour. Now COVID changed their human behavior and their social skill set. And as a result, the mom and pop businesses in this community are having to do more with less. And the mom and pop businesses in this community have reached a breaking point. That's why if you walk from the pavilion to the Omni in downtown Charlottesville, you will see vacancies like you've never seen in Charlottesville's downtown mall in a long, long time, certainly in the 23 years that I've been here. I will take it a step further. I was last week at Rebecca's Natural Food, Natural Foods and the Happy Cook and Barracks Road Shopping Center. Barracks Road Shopping Center is owned by Federal Realty, a publicly traded company. Federal Realty has the primary shopping mecca for Charlottesville and Central Virginia, a 300,000 person market. Look at the vacancies that are in Barracks Road. More than you will ever see in at least my 23 years of being in this community. And more are coming down the pipeline. So we've seen COVID create a throttle or a shortage of for sale inventory in real estate because people like Judah and I locked in interest rates that we will never be able to get ever again. You'll, I, you don't need to tell me but what your rate is? It's, I mean, it's in the threes. You have a rate in the threes? If you ever sell your house, I'm going to tell you something that's realistic but doom and gloom, but fair and honest. 
Judah Wickower. When did you buy your house? 2019. When in 2019? Uh, I think it was July. Who pushed you for a long time to buy that house? Uh, Yours truly. Okay. Hammered you to purchase the place that you were renting on a monthly basis, if not weekly basis. You got the spot in 2019 for an interest rate in the threes. I want you to hear this. You will never get a deal as good as this one in the history of your rest of your life. Yeah. You will never see an interest rate in the threes ever again. Ever again. And if you sell this place and you're sitting on stacks of equity, stacks of paper, you will be trading up the ladder for something that is exponentially more expensive and it comes with a debt service payment monthly that is way more expensive than what you're paying right now. Yep. Would you ever sell your house right now? Not right now. Why? Because I'm not looking to move. Financially, would it make sense? Uh, not unless I had to move. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. COVID made retail and restaurants and hospitality automated. COVID caused a shortened supply of housing stock. COVID caused, let's, let's go to sociology and anthropology. Let's forget the business, okay? For two years during the pandemic, we deserted the downtown mall. Why did we desert the downtown mall and other shopping districts for two years during COVID, J-Dubs? Because some of us weren't allowed to leave our houses. Because we were on lockdown, because the government was scaring the shit out of us, because we were afraid of a virus that we thought could be picked up by walking in places or touching places, by breathing certain air within certain feet of people. We were afraid to shake people's hands, give people hugs, go into the same places of others. So what places did we avoid? Uh, I mean... Highly populated shopping, dining, and entertainment districts. So we avoid highly populated shopping, dining, and entertainment districts for 18 to 24 months because the government is scaring us. Mom fear dad fear, manipulation, brainwash, politics. And then as we come out of this pandemic, we decide to go, we decide to wax nostalgic. And as we wax nostalgic coming out of COVID, coming out of lockdowns, finally realizing that we were manipulated by politicians for the purpose of a presidential election, what did we decide we wanted to do as we're coming out of COVID? What did, we want, what, would, what did we decide we wanted to do? Get back out there? I don't know. We wanted to go back to the places we patronized before COVID. But there's a catch. You know what the catch was? Half of them are closed. For 18 to 24 months, we ghosted these high-density shopping, dining, and entertainment districts. And as average Joes and average Sallies 
ghosted these shopping and dining districts? Other folks, houseless and homeless, mentally unstable, drug addicted, alcohol addicted, financially duressed individuals started patronizing the ghost towns. But when these folks, this demographic, houseless, homeless, drug addicted, alcohol addicted, financially margin individuals, when they choose to patronize dining, entertainment, and hospitality districts, they do it in different fashions than what you and I and what the populace was doing in 2019. Instead of spending money at the Jefferson or at the local or at Bizu or at Zocalo or at Citizen Burger Bar or at Ting or at the Omni or at Jack Brown's Petit Pois Fleury the choice of patronizing was one of living of panhandling of surviving a Darwinistic world a survival of the fittest and it made perfect sense in an 18 to 24 month window when we were scared and living in our homes it made perfect sense for those that were houseless or homeless drug or alcohol dependent mentally unstable to call downtown Charlottesville their home there are a dozen soup kitchens within walking distance of downtown Charlottesville. There's a shelter in the Haven that prioritizes air condition and beds and laundry and internet and charging stations and postage and mail and quality of life. Why leave downtown Charlottesville when you could just walk places a dozen soup kitchens, rotate where you go to get a variety of food and have a place to sleep right on Market Street on the second street crossing of the downtown mall. Why wouldn't you flock here? So COVID changes the customer base of downtown Charlottesville. And as we return to downtown because we wax nostalgic and want the eight blocks that we remember, we now find the demographic in this community, in these eight blocks, is very different than what it once was. And there's a culture war. There's a culture shock. There's a, hey, what are you doing here? What do you mean what I'm doing here? I've been here for the last 18 to 24 months. What are you doing here? I haven't seen you in nearly two years. Well, I used to come here all the time before COVID. I'd come here for happy hour and $12 lunches, and I'd take my special, special buddy, my special partner, my loved one, to dinner at Fleury, and we have concerts at, at the Southern, and we go for drinks at Rapture. What are you doing here? Um, I've lived here for almost two years. That perch right there, that covered doorway by Brasserie Cezanne, that car covered doorway by Charlottesville Insider, that covered doorway by Central Place, that's my home. 
See that stuff in those bags right there next to the shopping cart? That's my closet. I have every right to be here. I've been here for the last 18 to 24 months. You haven't been here for nearly two years. And now you're coming back to my place, to my home, to my bedroom, to my closet, to my shelter, and you're telling me to leave? What right do you have? This is a public park. And I had a conversation with a friend this morning on the benches of Court Square. You saw me there as you were walking to work, right? I'm five foot eight, standing on a phone book. My buddy, a former Marine, six foot three and jacked. David and Goliath. Talking to each other on a bench about business in Court Square. And in this conversation with Goliath, who is kind and, and, and has the gift of human connection and has empathy and is a husband and is a father, a gentleman that is looking to bring a business to the community that is going to make the community a better place, the word empathy comes up in our conversation. And I think about our conversation this morning on the benches, uh, on, on a bench by Court Square. And I realized something. You know what I realized? Maybe I'm going about this panhand- aggressive panhandling. I want the phrase aggressive panhandling to be part of our lexicon. And chronic homelessness to be part of our lexicon. Maybe I'm going about it the wrong way. For 18 to 24 months, as we're on lockdown during COVID, a new demographic patronized the mall. And instead of spending money at the shops and the restaurants and the music venues, their form of patronizing is survival. Finding shelter. Staying close to soup kitchens. And being within a short walk of the primary shelter in Charlottesville, the Haven. So maybe it's us that took an 18 to 24 month break from coming to downtown Charlottesville that is in the wrong. Because how do we take an 18 to 24 month hiatus and then expect everything to be fine and dandy when we return and unchanged? That conjures a word And that word in my mind is presumptuous. Perhaps it's up to us who took the 18 to 24 month break of coming to downtown Charlottesville to be more open-minded, empathetic, the word Goliath used today. A kind, empathetic, forward-thinking husband and father. And I will relay to you what he passed along to me about what Nashville is doing to solve chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling. That'll come in a matter of moments. Maybe it's up to you and I and those of us that took the 24-month respite to figure out a better solution for aggressive panhandling and chronic homelessness than just police and ordinances and fines and laws. And if we want 
our crown jewel to return to what it used to be, we better get pretty damn entrepreneurial pretty damn quick. Because the business owners that are on these eight blocks, and I will speak with confidence and conviction, there is, and I, and I mean this humbly, there is not a person that knows more business owners in Charlottesville and Central Virginia than me. Period. Period. This is literally what I do for a living. Is conversate with people, put deals together, find funding, find real estate, find business opportunities, growth opportunities, ways where folks can synergize for the betterment of their respective endeavors and the community in totality. That's my job. That's how I make a living. It's how I pay you. You know that. So, put on screen the Nashville Lower Third. Nashville solving panhandling plus homelessness, if you could, please. And I'm going to get to your comments in a matter of moments. Deep Throat, I'm going to get to your comment. Warrior AG, I'm going to get to your comment. Waynesboro, Augusta County, I'm going to get to your comment. Hershey, Pennsylvania, I'm going to get to your comment. Folks in upstate New York, I'll get to your comment. Brent Lillard, Bill McChesney, Virginia Beach, Doug Shiner, Josh Mayo, we're going to get to you in a matter of moments. This empathetic, entrepreneurial husband and father, a former Marine that has a physically imposing presence, but has a kindness and an approachability about him that is at a level that I have not seen with many people. And I would imagine he's had to develop this kindness and this approachability and this human connection because he is such a physically imposing person. He's had to break the ice by being welcoming or approachable to counteract his physically opposing stature. He passes along to me what Nashville, Tennessee is doing. And in Nashville, Tennessee, they allow panhandlers and the chronic homelessness, the chronic homeless, to sell a newspaper called The Contributor. The Contributor is purchased by panhandlers and those who are suffering chronic homelessness for a quarter, mm. 25 cents. The contributor, which is the name of the newspaper, is then sold to whoever wants to buy it for $2, leaving a delta of how much? Uh, what, a buck seventy-five? A dollar seventy-five. <clears throat> Sounds like grit. What's that? Sounds like grit. Grit? Yeah. Sounds like a small business. Yeah. Kids selling grit back in the day. Okay. Tell me about that. I'm not sure what that is. I'd love to learn from you. Show is yours. I mean, they used to have ads in magazines where kids could sign up. I mean, I don't remember exactly how it worked, but uh, it was basically like a little newspaper, a little rag that uh, kids could buy and go and sell, just like you're explaining here, and make some money. Chronic homeless, 
and panhandlers are buying something for a quarter and selling it for an eight times markup. Sounds like a great idea. Leaving a fantastic profit margin. And the contributor, and I very much encourage people to check out the contributor in Nashville. City Council, I'm talking you, Michael Payne. I'm talking you, Lloyd Snook. Lloyd Snook, your office is right down the hall from this studio. I see you every day, sir. Literally. I'm going to put this on your radar. Juan Diego Wade, you're the vice mayor. Brian Pixson, Leah Perrier, Natalie Ostrin. I'm talking to you. You want solutions. In fact, I, Snook just walked by. You want solutions. Here's an idea. Take the model that's already a proof of performance, a pop in Nashville, and bring it to Charlottesville. It's called the contributor. You know who creates the content for the contributor? Nope. Who do you think? Uh, homeless people? Yeah. They tell stories highlighting their trials and tribulations. Hmm. They create the content which further empowers the demographic to rally around the model. And hopefully, uh, and hopefully causes some people to empathize with them. Exactly. And why are you more likely to empathize with somebody that's selling a contributor versus asking for money? Because you're paying for something. Exactly. And you're reading their stories. Exactly. And what does that do? Uh, it humanizes, it localizes, and it personalizes the plight and the efforts of those involved with the business. Mm -hmm. Who would be willing to give $2 to an aggressive panhandler if you walk away with something that's tangible and palpable that you can read, that you can learn, that you can glean information from? Well, hopefully As not. opposed to giving $2 to somebody for no reason at all except for the fact that they're asking for money from you. I don't give a dime to somebody that's asking for money from me on the side of the downtown mall. I give money to charity. I give money to church. I give money to nonprofits. I have helped fund small businesses through GoFundMe efforts because I see a path to a finish line. It's tangible, it's palpable. I don't give money to folks on the side of the road that's asking for money. But if they say, Jer, Here's a newspaper that's got something that you didn't know about in it, and it costs you two bucks. I'd pay for that. And you want to hear a very success story statistic? You ready for this? This is from the contributor website. 70%, 70 70% of people who have vended with the contributor for at least six months have obtained housing. That's great. That's a round of applause, right? Yeah. Seventy percent 
of humans that have vended with the contributor have found housing within six months. So some folks are lambasting me on social because I'm holding city council accountable about improving the quality of life on the UVA corner in Midtown, which is West Main Street, and on the Downtown Mall. And I've said on this talk show, I'm tired of seeing individuals masturbating on the side of the road, drunk off their ass on the side of the road, in a drug hazed on the side of the road, aggressively harassing patrons, tourists, students, and locals alike on the side of the road. I've explained the quality of life and the foot traffic is diminishing in downtown, in midtown, and on the UVA corner. And a portion of the population, Socialist Charlottesville, all 49 of you, have pursued me aggressively, in particular on Twitter. And you said, what are your solutions to solving this? Well, here's one. Let's take the model that's working in Nashville and apply it to Charlottesville. I did my bachelor party in Nashville. Nashville is a fun city. It's bigger than Charlottesville. It's got a larger population than Charlottesville. We're going to have to figure out if Charlottesville and Central Virginia has the population base to buy, in, to buy newspapers like the contributor at $2 a pop. But the model doesn't have to be an exact replica or exact duplication. We need to figure out a process that empowers our panhandlers and our homeless population through an entrepreneurial small business mindset. And if we empower them and show them the path to profitability and we empower them with tools to get there, the contributor has shown that 70% of those that follow the path over six months have found a permanent residence or a place that they could call a home that has a roof and a bedroom and a door and a bathroom and a window and a shower. And I don't know about you, but that's a big effing deal to me. I think it's great. Another solution, and this one stings a little bit. This one stings a little bit. Here's solution number two for you, Michael Payne. Solution number two for you, Lloyd Snook, Brian Pinkston, Leah Perrier, Juan Diego Wade, and Natalie Ostrin. Having the Haven on Market Street on the downtown mall does not make sense anymore. You need to form a joint venture with Almaro County. You already have a revenue sharing agreement in place with Almaro County. And together, in a cross-jurisdiction format, figure out a, a, a place in Almaro that makes sense for everybody, where we can build the haven on HGH, or the haven on steroids, where we can take Almoral County, Almoral County dollars and Charlottesville taxpayer dollars, and we can combine them in one pot and one slush fund and say, let's build an epicenter of even larger and more influential and uh, approachable proportions. More beds, more food, 
more internet, more computers, better postage, better mail, more laundry, more showers, better quality of life, a larger facility, a bigger facility. I bet you you can get state funding for a facility like this. And my bet as a small business owner who's been doing small business for 15 years is you will see population uptick downtown, population uptick around Almaro County in shopping, dining, and hospitality districts. And you will see the houseless and panhandling population uh, pleased at the same time. It's win, 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 win. Charlottesville wins, government. Almaro County wins, government. Small business wins, patrons win, tourists wins, students wins, locals win, houseless population wins, and panhandling population wins. There are solutions right there. The contributor in Nashville, empowering houseless and panhandlers with the small business mindset, solution one, solution two, creating a joint venture, a JV, Charlottesville and Almore County cross-jurisdictional that pulls taxpayer resources to build a, what do you want to call it? Let's give it a great name. Let's call it a name. What kind of name are we going to call it? What are we going to build for the houseless and for the panhandlers? It's got to be an Almore because Charlottesville's landlocked. What are we going to call it? Home, <clears throat> home for the houseless. What is it? Home for the houseless. Home for the houseless. How about a, a campus for the houseless? How about a college or a university for the houseless? An epicenter where you can sleep, where you have protection from the inclement weather, rain, heat, snow, cold, a place you can shower, a place you can do laundry, a place you could potentially get clothes from thrift stores, bedrooms, computer labs for resume building. You get mental health support from therapists and counselors. You get small business insight from the SBAC, whatever the small business entity is. Maybe Piedmont, some of its professors will allocate time there. UVA. It's almost like a college. It's almost like a next level of education or an epicenter of quality of life improvement. You could call it, what is it? You had KTEC, the Charlottesville Almiral Technical Education Center. How about you call it the Charlottesville Almiral? Homeless, I'll take, I'll, that's not the preferred nomenclature. Let's start again. I'm trying to be politically correct for the 49 socialists on Twitter that love to go after me. The Charlottesville, Almoral, Houseless Education, Educational Center. You can call it... KHEC? KHEC. Thank you. KHEC. And at the Charlottesville, Almoral, Houseless Educational Center... You have sleeping, you have showers, you have computer labs, you have clothes, you have knowledge to improve. All of these are called hand-ups. 
and not handouts. KHEC. Charlottesville Almoral Houseless Educational Center. Fuck, that is fucking good. You know that's good. That's literally on the fly right now during the show. I have goosebumps right now. You know that is good. Charlottesville and Almoral do a joint venture on a piece of land in Almoral. They build the facility. It should be close to the Rivanna Trail. We know the Rivanna Trail is a transportation or a, a corridor for our houseless population to get around the community. We know the RT is. That's why we see a lot of folks of this demographic in Fifth Street Station. Because the Rivanna Trail spills out. It's got a trailhead right there at Wegmans. That's why we see them at the base of Freebridge. RT's right there. Could you carve out a piece of Biscuit Run Park for this? Biscuit Run Park is right next to the interstate. It's right next to the police station. Albemarle County's controlling the land. This is why, this is legitimately why I should have run for Albemarle County Board of Supervisors and why I would be on the board in November or at the end of this year. If it wasn't for uh, our youngest son, Z, I'm going to just call him Z, not sleeping for seven and a half months, and Mike Pruitt, I know you're watching the program right now, Mike Pruitt. And I mean this with confidence and humility and conviction, but it's just a fact. There's not a doubt in my mind that I would have beat you like a drum in this race. I'm going to support you. I'm going to back you. I'm going to invite you on this program like I already did. I've got no plans to do a bottom of the ninth inning, a write-in vote campaign. No plans whatsoever. But if I had stayed in this race, I would have been on the board and have beaten you. You put it at Biscuit Run. K-Heck. Charlottesville Almoral Houseless Educational Center. Learn to sell the contributor, like Nashville, the newspaper. A computer lab to create the content and to do the layout of the newspaper. Printing of the paper. Professors, educators, teaching things like paying bills, bouncing checkbooks, writing business plans. Partnership with a thrift store where you get improved clothing. Opportunities to shower and do laundry. Postage and mail to send resumes to employers. A bus stop literally across the street. A bus stop across the street. A bus stop across the street. Lloyd Snook, Michael Payne, Brian Pinkston, Juan Diego Wade, Natalie Ostrin, Ned Galloway, Donna Price, B. Lapisto Kirtley, Jim Andrews, Diantha Bakil. I'm missing one. Who am I? Ann Malik. God, how do I miss you, Ann? You're about to be on the board for 20 straight years without missing a year. 
How can you ever miss Ann Malik? 20 straight years of Ann Malik policy in the Whitehall District. Oh my, oh my. There is six boards, six people on the Board of Supervisors, five people on City Council. Heck, get the effing school boards involved. Almoral County and Charlottesville City. Create the Charlottesville Almoral Houseless Educational Center. Put it in the urban ring by Biscuit Run. Build a 16 to 20,000 square foot facility with taxpayer resources. Position this with taxpayers saying that this will alleviate the housing, the chronic homelessness, and the aggressive panhandling on the downtown mall and in the medians all over Almora County, on the UVA corner on West Main Street, and anywhere up and down Route 29. And when you create the Charlottesville Almora Houseless Educational Center in the urban ring down 5th Street Station, you're going to improve quality of life for jurisdictions, Almoral and Charlottesville, for small business owners, Almoral and Charlottesville, for students, Almoral and Charlottesville, for locals, Almoral and Charlottesville, for tourists, Almoral and Charlottesville, and for the incremental tax revenue associated with all those demographics in Almoral and Charlottesville. And most importantly, who do you improve the quality of life for? The people who want to come back to the uh, shopping centers. The houseless individuals and the panhandlers. Well. Because they have hope. They have a path to profitability and a path to improved quality of life. This literally is an idea Judah Wickhauer and I came up with together on the fly, on the air during this talk show. Thank you for your ideas on this concept. You've contributed mightily. Holy shit, that is a good idea. Dude, that is a good idea. That's what we pitch to electeds. The Nashville model and the Charlottesville Almoral Houseless Educational Center. And if anyone has issues with me not creating solutions, there they are, right? And that's a solution that is rooted in a foundation of common sense, small business acumen, empathy, hope, and a hand up instead of a handout. And that's a solution that would humanize, localize, and personalize aggressive panhandlers and the chronic homeless. Someone take this show and send it to council and the board of supervisors and say this is what you got to do there you go anything you want to add no I'll get to some comments that would work 
Bill McChesney watching the program. And he says, how about the Daily Progress Building or the old Phillips Warehouse next to the library on Rio Road for the Charlottesville Albemarle Houseless Educational Center? I'm all for anywhere that works. Scott Thorpe, who works in real estate, says, even if you had to move, why sell an asset at 3% when you could rent it with exceptional rent prices? He's exactly right. Yeah. I believe my better half and I in the home that we're in are sitting on somewhere between $750,000 and $825,000 in equity because we bought a house in March of 2020, a home that had been on the market for about 18 months. If we choose to move from this home, we will not sell it. We will rent it. And we will rent it for a price that is probably 2x what the monthly nut is. And that further throttles housing inventory. Yeah. Neil Williamson on my personal page shares a link that Nashville is doing other things as well that we should consider. Sounds like Nashville is a model we should consider for the chronic homelessness and aggressive panhandling. Because no one wants to see Charlottesville head in the direction of Portland or San Francisco. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen. Or Los Angeles. Los Angeles. My brother lives in Culver City, a gentrifying neighborhood and a $2 million plus dollar home. And he has 12 shanty tents in the road directly in front of his front yard. His kids cannot play in the front yard of their house in Culver City. Derek Bond, the owner of the Melting Pot and Moe's watching the program. He says, well, you guys may not have come downtown during COVID, but the owners, the business owners certainly did. He says, we did not want them here before, during, or after. And he's talking about the panhandlers and the chronic homeless. I respect what you're saying, Derek, as a small business owner, I very much do. But in today's political climate, we have to figure out solutions to the problem, to solve the problem. Lloyd Snook said this when he came on the I Love Seville show. He said, what did Bob Fenwick do with his campaigning? Bob Fenwick, and one, as soon as Lloyd Snook said, Jerry, he was sitting across from me, remember last week? He said, what did Bob Fenwick do with his campaigning? And he did it in a very lawyer fashion. And as soon as he asked me that question, I knew where he wanted me to go, as if he was addressing a jury or someone in the box in the courtroom during a cross-examination. And I said, Counselor Snook, Bob Fenwick complained and said, here are the problems, and he never provided any solutions. And his opposition, Natalie Oshrin, campaign on a solutions-oriented platform where Fenwick campaign on a red flag or here are the problems platform. And Fenwick came in last and Oshrin came in first. And it's as soon as I made that comment, this is what Lloyd Snook did. That's right, Jerry. 
We have to come up with solutions. Shelter in place, Constant, Constance Wyant. Constance Wyant is the queen of the gentleman farmer, Jay Wyant. Jay Wyant, the gentleman farmer, um, just past the Keswick area. Kevin Higgins says, we are already there at Portland and, Nash Portland and San Francisco levels, just at a smaller scale in Charlottesville. Makes sense. Crystal Johnson says the old Kmart building. I don't think the old Kmart building is gonna be there for much longer. It will not be there for much longer. I encourage anyone to research the old Kmart building online. We just came up with a legitimate solution. Karen Wolf watching the program. She says, I disagree with the commentary on teens and their lack of desire to work part-time jobs and prefer to spend all of their time on screens. Most of my high school and college age patients work throughout the summer and many during the school year. I think the workforce shortage is caused by, caused by my adult employees rather than teens and young adults. I respect that comment, Dr. Wolf. I can't wait to get you back on the show, Dr. Wolf. I think you are a stakeholder and a valuable contributor to this program and to this community. I will respectfully disagree with you here, Dr. Wolf. I talk to the business owners. I am running a business that is essentially the confessional of entrepreneurs. That's what I love Seville and our advertising agency, VMV Brands, and our real estate holding company, I Love Seville Real Estate, is. We take entrepreneurs, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and large-cap businesses, and we help take them to another level. They come to us and they tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly of what is happening on their balance sheets and on their profit and loss statements or their visions for taking a business to market. And I personally help them find real estate. I connect them with investors. I negotiate leases. I vet financial statements. I create branding and marketing with Judah and our team. We build websites, social media, photography, videography. We broker business transactions and deals to help clients gain market share. And we come up with exit solutions for businesses. And one of the common denominators, one of the common denominators I am hearing is the entry level position is becoming impossible to find. And this is the 16 to 22 year old that's living with mom and dad that otherwise was working for 15 to $20 an hour. These folks do not want to work. I got a VIP phone call with a VIP client right now. That's the Tuesday edition of the I Love Seville show. This conversation continues tomorrow. So long, everybody.